can your career withstand the onslaught of AI? Next week's Humane Conference might help. Join us in Sydney next Wednesday, July the 12th, for an afternoon with the media and marketing executives already getting to grips with how AI is changing what we do. Go to humane.au for tickets. That's H-U-M-A-I-N dot A-U. Start the week with Unmade. Setting the agenda for the week in media and marketing. Today, could Kyle and Jackie O be on the move? Boot up the arse time for Radio National. And Twitter users face a global meltdown. Unmade. It's Monday, July 3rd. I'm A Beauty and good morning and happy financial year, new financial year, Tim Burrows. Good morning and also good evening because it's still Sunday night for me. I'm still in the UK. It's um, I, I'm, I'm I'm clinging on to the desperate remnants of the weekend. In that it's 11 p.m. for me after a a lovely day of hanging out in British pubs and watching an absolutely epic day of the cricket on the TV whilst keeping an eye on Formula One with the corner of one eye on another screen. So, uh, so yes, a good time to be in, uh, in Britain. How, um, how, how, how are things in Tassie while I've been away, Abe? Well, thanks for asking. Uh, you've been enjoying uh, positively scorching 20-something degrees. It was, I think it was one degree this morning when I went outside and had to de-ice the car in a fa- fairly severe way. So it is, it is cold and the snow is in the air. But I think a trip to Cradle Mountain could be on the cards. It's always beautiful up there in wintertime. Nice. Well, this time next week, I will be back in Australia. I'll be be in Sydney by then preparing for the Humane uh, Conference, which will be on the Wednesday. But uh, but yes, certainly uh, heading back. But between now and then, I have to uh, have to get through the Madfest Conference, which is this week, and also uh, the small matters of Bruce Springsteen and Billy Joel. So busy week coming up. Um, Sorry, Tim, I'll just stop you there. You've dropped something. Oh, hang on. Ha. <laughs> Thanks for rubbing funny, that in. Funny man. <laughs> so, where in the world of media marketing, where shall we start this week? Well, let's start with uh, some fairly interesting and potentially big news that radio duo Kyle and Jackie O may be considering a move to a rival radio network. Tim, does it look like they're leaving Kiss anytime soon? Well, the answer is not that soon. So, so the funny thing is. These stories always feel a bit more real once you actually see them being reported. So it's been reasonably well known when Carl and Jackio's contract um, would next be up because they, 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 they tend to do some PR around it. So it actually runs through to the end of next year next calendar year so give or take 18 months although people usually go off the air just a little bit before the end of the year and I I and I I'm reasonably confident of those details as well because it's something I looked into myself um not that long ago but anyway the um the Australian Financial Review I, I guess where they have a slightly new line is they're saying that Kyle Sanderlands and Jackie O are talking about moving away from Kiss, which is owned by ARM Media, and potentially back to Southern Cross Stereo, where of course they used to be at Today FM. So that um that is a potential big deal because if we look back just over a decade, it was the move in the other direction that helped um 
ARN really developed the the, the the dominance it still has in commercial music radio with the launch of KISS FM, which replaced kind of mix, which had been under firing. And pretty much right from the beginning, Kyle and Jackie O show has been number one. So what's the significance of this of the deal and and what's the likelihood of the moving to SEA, noting that uh, their move to ARM was really conducted under a lot of secrecy last time and, and it blindsided everyone. What is the likelihood of it happening this time? Well, Carl Sanderlands and Jackie Henderson make the weather for the entire radio industry. And history tells us that if they do go back to Southern Cross or Stereo, then the advertising market will probably follow them. So this is SCA's maybe once in a decade chance to get back in the game. And I reckon what they should do is offer them a slice of the company. So I suppose what I'm getting at here is um, last time round, it was... ARN or back in those days, it was actually two companies ago. So uh, back in those days, it was still APN News and Media, which then rebranded to HT&E, which stood for Here, There and Everywhere, and then recently rebranded again to ARN Media. So at the time, they were able to, you know, control the risk, I suppose. They still invested something like, I think, $5 million just in the kind of the marketing and the fit out of the new studios. But because they were already the underdog, it was a, you know, they didn't have much to lose by by tempting them across. So, of course, it's the other way around now. You know, SCA, um, the share price is low. They've sort of bumbled along, certainly in Sydney as sort of, you know, no, no, nowhere close to to winning in the fm ratings so yeah my my view is offering five percent of the company something you know like something which is too you know too serious to not ignore and also that offers a real potential prize to both carl sanderlands but other shareholders um if they can uh, actually just get something performing. So um, I, I suppose the significance is they're the one radio show which could potentially change the the, 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 the course of a network's direction quickly. Um, and I suppose just the other thing I'd add, Abe, is that um, there is, of course, no guarantee that these are the only two horses in the race. The other question is, is whether they're a big enough duo that they could create something brand new that they have a, a, a stake in. Whether you know whether that's going away from broadcast radio and whether the market is quite ready for that and advertisers will come across, I don't know. But remember, there's another 18 months to go. So the, the disruption is happening and we're seeing a shift every you know, every survey towards streaming. So maybe that moment could just be upon us. Uh, it could be a disruption, Tim. It really could. Um, you know, we are we, we, we are just seeing that potential there. At some point, somebody will break through. And the question is when. Now, of course, one of those rules is, in the end, the level of disruption is far greater than we expected. But it always takes longer than we expected as well. So whether we're there in 18 months, we'll have to see. I was trying to lead you somewhere, but obviously I was too subtle uh, with the uh, new. No, I, I I was nearly biting, <laughs> but then I got I couldn't quite I couldn't quite get it back to disrupt radio, which I I knew is where you were. I, I sort of sensed that was where you were going, which of course is on digital only in a in a couple of places. But I I think my problem on that is um, 
I still can't get to the bottom of Disrupt's model. We keep trying to talk to their PR and they keep promising us we can talk to the founder. Um, but then they never quite seem to get their act together. So I don't know if this is bad PR or they've got something to hide. We'll have to wait and see. But I'm afraid I, I still don't know enough about Disrupt Radio to um, really tell you much about it. Next, another Twitter meltdown. Elon Musk mixed it up again this weekend, Tim. Now, Twitter users are limited to how many posts they can look at. What's going on? Yeah, so this is one that Australian time broke on Sunday or Elon Musk's Saturday, probably Saturday night, which seems to be when a lot of these harebrained schemes come along. He announced that unverified accounts, so people who haven't paid him for their blue tick, will be limited to reading just 600 uh, posts a day, whilst verified accounts would get 6,000. Uh, and then he gradually put that number up a bit as the day went on. The thing is, that's an incredibly small number when you like scroll through all of these posts. Now, he claimed in his tweet that it was to address extreme levels of data scraping and system manipulation um, which, fair enough, you know, there's there's definitely an issue where, you know, all of the, 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 the big tech companies are, are crawling anything which has any sort of human output to try and train their uh, large language systems for, uh, for their AI programs. So that is an issue. That's why we saw um, the, the blow-ups at Reddit about it, making its um, API available. But the cynics are suggesting that there's something more to it, which is, by an amazing coincidence, it seemed to come just at the moment when perhaps Twitter had failed to pay some bills to AWS, who uh, sort of provide some of the infrastructure. So there is a very real possibility that what's going on is that Twitter just doesn't have the power to uh, keep operating at the speed at which it was going. So this was a way to kind of try and stop the whole system from falling over. But yeah, once again, it was a, it was another episode of uh, what seems to be an ongoing Twitter clown show, Abe. There's also a, an interesting local development in the AFR today with with a real estate firm claiming Twitter owes it money, Tim. Yeah, there's a couple of things going on around real, real estate and Twitter. One is globally there are various stories about landlords just finding that Twitter stopped paying their bill even when they were occupying the offices or, or even when they weren't. Um, now, in the case of the AFR story, the Sydney Headquartered Facilitates Corporation claims that um, Twitter owes it more than a million dollars, which was um, for doing the kind of refurbishments and then some sort of equipment or, or, or furniture storage for various offices, including the Sydney office, which, which actually it vacated, if I remember correctly, even before um, uh, Musk had, had taken over. Like for me, the sequence of events seemed to be they were dialing back possibly to cut costs out of the Twitter office in Sydney. And then of course, come the downturn and come the lockdowns, there was, uh, there was no reason to be in an office anyway, but obviously there were bills owing. So, um, so yeah, so that one's, uh, that one looks like it's going to go to court with, um, with this company uh, claiming that, um, that Elon Musk's Twitter uh, owes them something like a million dollars Australian. Up next, the ABC board gets to grips with Radio National. Unmade. 
The Australian has a bit of an exclusive today, Tim. The ABC board's review of the ratings problems of Radio National has reported back. What do we know? Yeah, so this is an interesting one. Obviously, we've talked about this a number of times, you know, the the fact that Radio National's audiences, and not just Radio National, there have been issues with some of the city stations and, and there have been some points where the youth network, um, uh, Triple J, has, has seen some numbers shrinking too. But anyway, um, it, it, it's been enough of a concern that the board of the ABC commissioned a report to look at what was actually going on. Now, what the Australian has here is that um, this report has now been tabled. It was tabled at the um, most recent board meeting, which was in Perth last month. And um, reportedly it made dozens of recommendations of how to fix the radio division, um, which, as the Australian points out, has had this dramatic exodus of listeners. So among the recommendations, um, a shake-up of underperforming on-air talent, uh, an overhaul of internal reporting structures within the ABC, um, which likely would lead to redeployment or, I suppose, possibly redundancy of a number of number of middle managers. Now, what does strike me, Abe, is, and I think I've said this before, yes, you'll have particular shows with particular sort of Uh, you know uh, stars or personalities fronting those shows but it's not necessarily their fault when they fail to rate because a lot of those production decisions are taken behind the scenes and they have to you know front the script that's in front of them and go with the uh, go with the shows which are uh, go with the, the the programming decisions for the shows which are put in front of them so it will be i think a bit unfair if it ends up with um some of the people whose shows are seeing the audience for having to walk the plank without further changes behind the scenes, because to me that feels like where the real issue is. Up next, regional media losing out on government ad spend. Unmade. Australia's regional media is facing a crisis after most mastheads had their government ad spend slashed. This will really hurt, Tim. This is the Sydney Morning Herald and the Age today. Yeah, that's right. Um, so this is not a complete surprise. It's sort of where the wind's been blowing, of course, that pretty much any type of, certainly print advertising, is in decline because, you know, in general, it's seen as more efficient to, to advertise digitally. And, and you know, something which uh, which happened a few weeks back was the Victorian government uh, began to move its uh, advertising spend away from digital to print. But this is also happening at a national level as well, is what the, uh, the SMH is reporting today. Now, the people who this particularly hits is ACM, Australian Community Media. This is the one with Anthony Catalano and Alex Wastelitz as the owners. Uh, Anthony Catalano, or the cat, is the the, uh, the 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 best known person of those two in the industry. The 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 proprietor, I suppose. Um, quotes in this article from Tony Kendall, who's managing director of ACM, um, making the point that the company has been, in his words, significantly impacted by the lack of federal government spend, despite extensive lobbying. And I suppose I'm I'm in a couple of minds about this one, eh? because I am, you know, I 
came through local newspapers myself, so I would love to see them thrive. You know, they are such an important part of local democracy. But of course, it is the jobs of governments to spend their money efficiently. And that includes when they're, you know, doing advertising to put out public service messaging or whatever it is. They have to, in theory, spend that where it's the most, you know, the most effective way of doing it and where their dollars will go the furthest, which isn't always in print. But on the other hand, there have been some promises from the government that they would do more to support regional papers. And of course, you know, the the, the long and short of it is you, you see newspapers being sold off or closed or teams shrinking when the revenue isn't there. So so it, it, it feels like this is a bit of a tide that's probably almost impossible to hold back. But, um, but you know, um, you know, I... I, I, I kind of sometimes feel that um that that gosh you, you you do see one or two you know big name advertisers i suppose eh? but otherwise it's it's, it's it's government advertising yeah it seems well in tasmania where we do have a, a f- two or three acm publications it's really government ads and harvey norman that really seem to make up the bulk of the paper um and they're really going to feel it I, I think with with the government pulling out yeah, look, and you make a good point. I mean, Harvey Norman, um, they clearly are still getting uh, good effect, good uplift from from their newspaper ads. And I suppose it's just when you've got this wall of television models to talk about or whatever it may be, that could be that that's just something that print is really efficient for still, you know, that, that you know, you you can have an effective spend for. But, um, but yes, um, you know, the, the, it feels like they're almost like the last one standing there. Well, that's it for today. We'd love to hear what you think at letters at unmade.media. That's letters at unmade.media. And we will be back tomorrow with Choose Data, in which Sajid Al-Zaidi examines automotive industry at Spend. And don't forget, Unmade's next event, Humane, which explores AI in the media and marketing industry, is now just nine days away as we record. See the program at humane.au, that's H-U-M-A-I-N.au, and we will see you there. And you might even get to meet Abe in person if you go along. (laughs) Today's podcast was produced with the usual enthusiastic support of Abe's Audio. See you next time. Toodle pip. Unmade. Podcast edit by Abe's Audio.